I really wanted to take this episode to talk about breaking the pattern of idealization and self-neglect and really shifting that to tune deeply into your own needs, desires, and really your own feelings in whatever situation you might be caught up in. This could either be in a relationship, it could even be in a friendship, or it could be a family dynamic, or this could also be in a job. If you're putting a certain job title or organization on a pedestal, and in the process of doing so, you are neglecting yourself and your own needs, your own feelings, your own desires. So we're going to talk about shifting all that. We're going to dive really deep into all of this today, and I'm going to really explain what I mean by idealization and how to, sh- how to shift that, how to stop that pattern and really come back home to yourself. So this is something that was coming up for me this past week, and this podcast is all about me sharing what is actually working for me in my life. And and it's about kind of pulling back the curtain. So I really wanted to use this space to pull back the curtain on what's going on in my own life and be really vulnerable and transparent. Because I think when we, um, there's there's a great quote, I forget who said it, but when you don't hide the brush strokes on your own, the painting of your own life, so to speak, then you really are able to be of service to others and show them what path has worked for you and that can help others on their own path. So um, I always like to say and just remind everyone that I'm not a therapist and everything that I share on this podcast and in this space is all stemming from my own personal experiences and what has worked for me in my life and what is currently working. So um, that's what this space is about. So, uh, you know, with that said, take whatever works for you and leave the rest. And I always highly recommend, you know, seeking out therapy. You know, I, I think that that's something that can serve every single person on this planet. And there are ways to access that, um, you know, where, you're either doing a sliding scale or you could just get that as part of your health insurance. So, um, I really think that, you know, everyone should explore that option if it, if it's something that you think might serve you in your life. But, um, what I share here is really just me sharing, this is what I'm going through and this is what's working for me. So, just a little preface, a little reminder. I know sometimes on these episodes, I, I I preface things and it's just because I don't know every person that this is going to find. Also, if you hear snoring in the background, that is my, my almost, almost six month old baby puppy. She has passed out on the couch. I didn't want to move her because she was so cuddled up and so just content. So if you hear like light puppy snores in the background. That's what's going on. Um, and I apologize in advance if, if that's, if the mic's picking it up, but, um, if not just be content and comforted in knowing that she doesn't have a care in the world right now. And, um, you know, sometimes I, I get so inspired by my dog to just like emulate her energy. Like she's so present. She's so alive. 
when she's sleeping, she's just so peaceful. And um, anyway, I think our pets can be some of our greatest teachers in life about, you know, how to really tune back into our true nature and, and how to just live peacefully in the moment. So, um, yeah, let's, let's crack this topic wide open. This was coming up for me so much this week that I was having this pattern of idealization where, um, you know, it's stemming from childhood, I'm sure. So if any of your early caretakers, um, were in any way idealized, whether you or other people were kind of putting someone up on a pedestal. And when we're children, it's so easy to look at someone bigger than us and older than us and think, wow, like they can do no wrong. And that's really what idealization is. It's like we project things onto someone, whether it's an early caretaker when we're children or a potential romantic partner when we're adults. And we really don't know someone that well, but we just project positive attributes onto them. So this is what we call idealization. And especially, you know, when you have a big heart and you want to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, it's so easy to idealize and to think the best. And especially if you're someone who like, I mean, if you found this podcast, you know, is into like positive thinking and putting a positive spin on things, it can be so easy. And I really don't think it's naivete. I think it's just like, optimism gone wrong. We're like, sometimes we're so optimistic about a person or a job or some kind of opportunity. Like we're so optimistic that we, and we're so loving that we just like look past red flags and things that, um, might deserve a little bit more attention in order to you know, protect ourselves. And, you know, there's extremes here, right? Like there's a spectrum. We don't want to be so overprotected with ourselves that our heart isn't open and we're not open to new people and new opportunities, new experiences. We also don't want to be so just, um, out of touch with ourselves that we ignore red flags and we don't trust our own intuition because we just want to give people the benefit of the doubt or we want to give a situation the benefit of the doubt or like just simply put a positive spin on it. So, um, you know, this can show up in a number of different ways. And especially, like I said, if you had an early caretaker, whether it was a parent or just another caretaker figure who you somehow idealized or put on a pedestal. And I'm talking about like the child version of you because you might still to this day be operating from that child consciousness. So particularly this becomes a problem if whoever you were idealizing as a child then like disappointed you Um, or if you grew up in a high conflict environment where you just turned off your own sense of feeling and sense of self, and you just really squeezed into the situation and adapted and people pleased and did whatever you needed to do to keep the peace as a survival mechanism. So, um, this is something, you know, I'm really familiar with is like, not just like 
people pleasing, but just trying to keep the peace because, um, you know, growing up around like high conflict environments, that was, it was a survival mechanism. So there's no guilt. There's no shame. There's no like, oh, that's bad that you did that. It just, it, it made sense. It, it was, it was pretty smart of you to like figure that out that look, I can find a way to keep the peace, to not experience trauma by adapting and by trying to just be nice to this person or be extra nice to that person and just kind of dismiss my own needs. But in order to really keep the peace, which was satisfying an even deeper need, you know? So as a child, you know, it makes sense. It's a survival mechanism. But as we come into adulthood, if we're still carrying that with us, then it can lead to a lot of self-neglect and a lot of, um, you know, lack of fulfillment in our lives. So this was something that was showing up for me. And I realized I had a pattern of idealization while simultaneously like turning off my own feelings turning off my own um, needs, my own desires in order to just like adapt to a situation where like ultimately my needs, my desires, my feelings weren't being attuned to or weren't being met. And um, just for the sake of maintaining that connection to whatever it was I was idealizing. And then whenever there would be kind of an end to it, like an ultimate disappointment, an ultimate kind of letdown, or someone would like really show their true colors and like hurt me in like a really deep way, or a situation would just like cause me so much pain, then there'd be like an onslaught of emotion and feeling. And attached to that unconsciously, a meaning my mind was assigning about myself that somehow I wasn't good enough or I wasn't whatever enough. And um, that leading to attachment to whatever that idealized thing or person or situation was. And, um, you know, I was so like, curious about like this pattern within myself. And when I started to really connect the dots and realize it was so connected to those early like childhood experiences, I really started to break that pattern and realize, oh, that's what it is. Like that's what's going on. So I really always think whenever we're like shifting um, in our personal development and in our own healing process, the first step is awareness and just becoming aware of what's going on, like aware of the pattern and like educating ourselves. Like that's why I wanted to put out this episode because I had no idea that's what was going on. And then once I understood, like this wasn't like the adult me, like being attached to whatever it was. It was this child consciousness that was trying to heal the wound that I felt in childhood that was taking charge. And as soon as I realized that, I was able to disconnect from whatever attachments I was feeling. And I was able to disconnect from the pattern. And I really think the solution then, once you have the awareness, once you're able to like consciously disconnect, then 
the job is to tune into your own needs and desires and your own feelings more than anything, because those are the things that have been turned off. Like in, in attempting to either keep the peace or keep a situation going that you had idealized in some way, um, or to keep a relationship that you'd idealized, whatever it is. In order to do that, we're turning off our own feeling centers. We're turning off our own desires and 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 being out of touch with ourselves, almost becoming like numb to our own needs, our own desires, our own feelings in order to just keep the peace or in order to just maintain the status quo or to hold on to something or someone or situation. So I really think once we have the awareness, once we like break the pattern, then in order to move forward, the answer is to tune back into what are my feelings? What are my desires? And that was something that when I really started tuning back into it, it almost sent me into just this like existential tailspin because I was like, what is it I do desire? Like really, truly, deeply, like just for myself, not in an attempt to like make anyone else happy or have what I call like extrinsic motivation, like external motivation, but like what are my intrinsic desires like that will just satisfy me in my own life like forget external validation like what do I really want like for me for myself and it kind of sent me into a tailspin because then all of a sudden like I couldn't even figure out like what I wanted to eat for lunch I was just like wait wow I can just like think completely for myself like I, I you know I always knew I could but now I'm actually like really doing it. And it can be scary at first. You're like, wow, like I have all this power to just like think for myself, feel for myself, decide for myself. And no one else gets to tell me, you know, what to think or what to feel or what to decide for myself because I'm disconnected from any attachments. So, um, yeah, I felt like blown away, like in terms of the feeling of power I felt but also like terrified at like just not even knowing like what I even wanted to like wear. Like, I think I tried on like five outfits. I was like, I don't even know what I want to wear today. I don't even know what I want for lunch. Like much less like what I want to do with like the rest of my life. Like, oh my goodness. But at the same time, I felt so good because I was like, this is where it starts. Like, this is where we really reclaim our power. And I'm all about that. As you know, like if you follow me at all, like reclaiming our power from whatever external forces have convinced us to give it away or whatever internal forces have convinced us to give it away. It's like healing all of it, like the external and the internal and just reclaiming that power for ourselves and reconnecting with ourselves. So the first thing you know, I think it's just to feel like, feel whatever you're feeling. And I sat down with my journal and I just tried to feel into, you know, whatever was going on in that moment for me, but also what my true desires were. And it's taking me time to really uncover them, but I'm so excited about it because 
it's like everything, you know, like, like I was talking to my therapist about this and she was like, you know, the colors coming back into your cheeks, like you seem so much more alive and it's because I'm like reconnecting with these parts of myself. So anyway, I hope that, you know, me sharing vulnerably, like what's been going on in my own life might help you on your own path to uncover maybe what your true desires are. So if there's any like homework for this episode, it's just to sit down and journal like, A, what am I really feeling right now? B, like, what are my true, true desires? And um, just leaning into that, whatever it is. And I have two quotes on my like little bulletin board by my desk that have to do with desire. And I wrote these a long time ago, but for some reason, like they're just now setting in. Like, I don't know if that ever happens to you. It happens to me all the time. So I'm going to read them out to you. The first one, when you follow your desires, the universe has your back. I really think that's true. Like when we're in fear, like the universe is going to like, I don't know, be like confused. Like, why are you moving from fear? You know, but it's, it's like that force of love is always waiting there for you to support you whenever you come back to yourself and your true desires. So when we let go of people pleasing, when we let go of trying to make everyone else happy and we like stop ignoring our own desires, I feel like that's when like the universe quote unquote has your back. Because I feel like I've, I've heard that phrase thrown around a lot, like the universe has your back. And I know a lot of people who are like, I don't know what universe you're living in, but it doesn't really feel like that to me. And I think, you know, obviously everyone's situation is different. Everyone's in unique circumstances. But in my own life, I found like when I'm living from a place of not knowing my worth and not following my, like, my truest, deepest desires, it did not feel like the universe had my back. But when I'm moving from love, when I'm being true to myself, following my truest desires, I have always felt like the universe had my back. So anyway, thoughts on that. And my other quote here, I'm just going to pull this off. So hold on one second. Just so I can read it while like still facing my microphone. On, On my board, it says desire points the way. And you can relax into the certainty that you'll be drawn to the right things to do. So I I really believe that, you know, when we're open to it and when we can step out of fear, that a higher power, if, if we're open to receiving the guidance, a higher power can guide us to whatever the right next actions are. And I do believe when we're tuned into that force of love within that, the right actions get shown at the right time. So even if you're like in limbo or kind of in between things, like maybe now is just the downtime. Like maybe the timing isn't right. And um, I truly believe that at the right time, the right actions get shown. So I never want this to be a one-way conversation, (laughs) even when it's like an episode where it's just me talking. I'm hoping to have guests in the future who can come on and we can have just like a conversation to, to share, but it, I never want it to also be a conversation between me and whoever the guest is. Like, I want to hear from you, you know? So, um, 
do you relate to this at all? Do you relate to this pattern of idealization, numbing your own feelings, numbing your own emotions, and putting a situation or a job or a person on the pedestal, and then it ending feeling everything and assigning untrue meaning about yourself to the situation? Do you relate to that? And does anything I shared today resonate with you in terms of really breaking that pattern and realizing that none of those negative thoughts that you're thinking about yourself are true? Like it's so mind blowing to realize like those thoughts that make us feel so bad about ourselves, they're just not true. They're things that whatever you want to call it, your inner critic, I I really think of it. Some people think, oh, your inner critic or your inner mean girl or whatever. I really think that that it's more of the scared inner child within. And, and when you realize that, I feel like we can approach that part of ourselves with so much more love and gentleness. Because when we think like, God, there's just this part of me that is so hypercritical. Like it's almost like we feel like a hatred for a part of ourselves versus looking at that whatever the critical thing is going on inside, like that critical inner voice that we might call like our inner mean girl or whatever, instead softening that and realizing, oh, it's my scared inner child that's so scared that the child isn't going to get what it needs to survive. Like that's what's going on. I feel like that's when we can really feel true self-compassion. Like when I think of like that part of myself as like my inner mean girl, I'm just like, what a bitch. Like, I just, I don't feel like compassion for that part of myself. But when I realize, like, well, why is, why is she a mean girl? Oh, cause she's like 16 and like trapped in a situation where she doesn't fit in and she feels like she has to be a mean girl to survive. Like it's, it's like, more so loving that part of yourself and like taking that part of yourself in your arms and like holding it, like holding the child, you know, um, and loving and loving that part of yourself as opposed to like thinking that somehow there's just like a horribly like negative aspect of yourself, like realizing it's just fear. And if you had a scared child in front of you, how would you treat that child and, and relating to that part of yourself the way you would relate to like a terrified child in front of you? I really think that is such a key to this whole healing process. I just really wanted to touch on this topic because it was just so prevalent in my own life. And any anytime I have insights that I think are powerful for myself. I love to share it. I'll see you on the next episode and feel free to reach out to me and let, let me know if you connect to this, whether you write a comment on the blog at nicolemensel.com or you shoot me an email and just let me know if any of this was resonating for you. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to catch you next time. Bye for now.